This is Beaver Tales, your weekly dose of successful Canadian immigrant stories. Beaver Tales, hosted by your very own R.B. and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beaver Tales. I know it's been some time, I guess a little over a week since I had my last episode, but I was a little busy with lots of work at the college and grading and all those things, but in between, I've been able to get another person as a part of our interview. So yes, we have an interview today, and today... We have a special guest. This particular person I met last year, he used to be one of my students. He's not a student anymore. So he was my student in one of my business classes. And when I was going through the introductions of various students, I came across him with this gentleman aged maybe 45, 50 years sitting among undergrad students and he said that I am a budding entrepreneur and I have my own luxury creations. That got me excited. That got me interested because I'm into luxury as well, especially luxury brands. And uh, I wanted to know what he is into. So I got to know him a little more. Over a period of time, we met. I met him as a part of his assignments as a student-teacher interaction. But once we were done, or he was done as a student, I met him outside the school, and I came to know a lot about him. So I thought maybe he would be an interesting addition to uh, one of our Beaver Tales episodes. Now Mervyn is an international artist born in India and I'm, I'm taking stuff up from his website. He lived in Bermuda for a few years. He came to Canada in 2004 and since then he has called Canada his home. He creates luxury pens from exclusive unique materials like woods that have been salvaged from Bermuda, Jerusalem, New Zealand, India, from the lakes of Ukraine, Panama Canal, and from Atlantic Ocean. The latest pen that he showed me that he was working on, and it's for sale right now, it's somewhere close to, uh, the last I remember was $90,000. Yeah, a pen worth $90,000. So, if you are looking for a unique gift, or if you are looking for a piece of historical historical wood with special meaning, then Mervyn is your man to go. Do visit his website, mascarenasluxurycreations.com. That is M-A-S-C-A-R-E-N-H-A-S, mascarenasluxurycreations.com. So this conversation I had with him a couple of days ago, it was a part of our interview. And I'm presenting this conversation as it is. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Marvin Mascarenas. Hello, Marvin. How are you? Hi, 
thank you. Thanks a lot, first of all, for coming on the show and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I want to start straight by asking you uh, about your background. Where are you actually from? Uh, thank you, Rishi, for having me on this podcast. It, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm originally from India, uh, from Goa, but uh, born and brought up in Bombay. And from then we immigrated to Bermuda, not immigrated, we went there on work. And from Bermuda, we immigrated to Canada in 2002. Okay, so it's India to Bermuda to Canada. Yeah. So tell me about India, like how long have you stayed over there? How long have you grown up there? In, in India or in... Yeah, in India. In India. Well, I grew up all my life until the age of 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I went on the cruise ships. Okay. And from the cruise ships, I I found a job in Bermuda in the mm-hmm. hospitality industry. And I, mm-hmm. in fact, I had two jobs. Okay. I was an assistant manager in the restaurant during the day. Mm-hmm. And I was a reserve police officer at night. Okay. While my wife worked at the bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, we decided to immigrate to Canada. Okay. That's interesting. And how long have you stayed in Bermuda for? I would say I was there for about eight, eight, nine years, but my wife has been a little longer being involved in the bank. Okay, so, eight so after we came years, here, she yeah. went back, back to the bank to, the, to work for the bank, and then a few years later, she decided to take take up a job to be more with the family here in in Kelowna, BC. Okay, so I can understand the story from India to Bermuda, but what's the story behind coming from Bermuda to Canada? Well, uh, on Bermuda, you're on a work permit. You cannot get citizenship unless you're Bermudian or you're married to a Bermudian. Okay. Or, uh, or you're one of your spouses is Bermudian, rather. Mm-hmm. But uh, so everyone's on a work permit and there's no surety. You cannot buy a home because okay. the prices are too high. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no point. You won't be getting citizenship there anyways. So we decided to immigrate to Bermuda since the opportunity was there and... Uh, we applied to the point system and we qualified, made our first entry in 2002. And then in 2004, we, uh, we, we were very fortunate. We passed and we decided to immigrate for good. Okay. So what were your expectations of Canada before you came here? What have you, have you heard about it? I was told that Canada is one of the best countries in the world to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, as per the, uh, the, the news at that time, in terms of, uh, you know, living and bringing up your kids and racial discrimination and women's rights and all around practically Canada was voted as number one country in the world Mm -hmm. during the time we applied. Okay. So that motivated us more to to come to Canada. So you had a kid when you came over here? Uh, That's right. Our daughter was about seven or eight years old when we came to Kelowna, BC. Okay. So you landed straight into Kelowna, BC from Bermuda? Absolutely. Straight to Kelowna, BC. We took a gamble. Uh, there was no jobs lined up. <laughs> that was a big risk we took. Okay. No jobs lined up and we straight away entered here. And why Kelowna? Out of entire, because usually if you ask immigrants, they are either going to Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary. Why Kelowna? Uh, most of our friends, actually my wife's friends who work with her in the bank said that uh, Kelowna is the Hawaii of Canada and most of my friends said the same thing. Okay. So we had two choices in mind. One was Kelowna and second was Kishna Waterloo in Ontario. So 
we just came here and got stuck here. Okay. So 2004, you came to Kelowna and it's now 2019. It's been 15 years since you have been here. Okay. So all the expectations that you had prior to coming here, were they met entirely about Canada? I'll be honest with you. Uh, initially, no. Uh, mm -hmm. It has been a long struggle mm -hmm. unless you have very good jobs uh, and, 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 or a very good business to be involved in. Okay. Um, it, was, it was tough going because, as I said, there was no jobs lined up and we, we just we didn't know anybody, not a soul over here. Okay. Over the years, we made contacts and now we are all stable. We are in our jobs. Okay. But I found that this is a land of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever you decide to do can be achieved because mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of potential to unleash your creativeness in mm -hmm. this country. I, I can totally correlate with you. I'm an immigrant myself, and I, I see those initial years of struggle. But I would like to hear, if you don't mind, I would like to hear a little more about those initial years when you came here. What kind of jobs were there? What kind of interviews you had, and what sort of struggle was there? Um, well. I had my degree in air conditioning and heating from Bermuda okay. and uh, um, I applied and uh, I think there was an employer who, who did give me an opportunity here in mm. air conditioning and heating and after three months, mm. uh, winter was approaching and he finally said he had to lay me off. Mm. So I asked him, why, why would I get laid off? He says, well, it's slow. And okay. so I told him where I come from, you don't lay people off, mm. uh, you know, you get a permanent job. So anyway, I didn't know that in winter people were laid off in certain jobs. Okay. And then I applied at the brick mm. as a sales consultant. And then after that, I actually I applied to the brick first when I okay. came. And then I went to apply for the air conditioning job to make use of my degree. Mm. And uh, when I got laid off, uh, I tried two years after that. In Kelowna, I believe it's not, it's not what you know, it's uh, who you know. Mm. And uh, I decided to move on. Then I joined Campin Marine, which was a boat building place here and they laid off 80% of the staff. So I was let go from there again for no fault of mine. Mm -hmm. And then I took up real estate. My wife suggested I do real estate. So I decided to give that a try. And uh, unfortunately there was a brutal timing that I joined. Okay. And uh, was not my passion in selling homes mm. as much as I enjoy selling pens now, which is my, my passion. Yeah. So I, I decided to pursue and let go of my real estate license. I'll come to the pen side, but interesting things, uh, so many things involved, so many layoffs. I know any person would be so disheartened and can easily give up with so many layoffs and things have not going right. So what kept you going? Well, all my frustration went inside the workshop, I guess. I decided to put all my attention and focus. Uh, and it, it was also a stress lever for me. I enjoy making pens in my, in my basement. Okay. I just decided to go pursue it and show to the shops. I've been shop to shop, uh, showroom to showroom, showing different car dealerships, uh, what I'm capable of, and uh, showed them my pens. Mm. And I did succeed. There were a few pens, and some companies still order pens from me. Okay. And that's what kept me going. It's the future, what I wanted to create and envision. Mm. Now, let's start with the pen business now, since we have mentioned pen so many times. Okay, tell me about your pen ideas or your pen business. Where did it all start? Well, it all started, I had, uh, when I was in the cruise ships, the ship went to St. Martin, I believe. And mm. when the ship landed there on that tiny island, I bought two Mont Blanc pens, one for me and one for my then fiance before we were married. 
Okay. And, and just a few days before our wedding, both of us lost our Mont Blancs the same day. Okay. And that was a disappointment. And mm. then when we immigrate, uh, we went we went to work in Bermuda. Mm. I had a look at the stores, and the pens were so expensive. Mm. And I told myself, why not learn to make one? Okay. I was always very fascinated. So I decided I learned under some great men, and I ruined a few pens, of course, in the beginning mm. until I perfected. Mm. And that was the basic start. So mm. friends started paying me money once they saw my pens and, you know, they started saying, can you make me one? Can you make me one? Mm. And then stores started taking interest. Uh, so at one point, there were about six stores in Bermuda that carried my pens, mm. although there were local craftsmen out there. Okay. So that's where it all started. And then when we came to Canada, mm. stores over here started taking interest in my pens. Okay. And uh, I started increasing from wooden pens um, I started making pens, not with any kind of wood that you can go to a, you know, to a lumber shop and buy. Okay. I decided to make pens from woods that normal human beings cannot find very easily. Okay. So woods from underneath the lakes, oh. and the oceans. Yeah. That's what fascinated me to make something which nobody else does. Mm. So from then on, I went to make abalon shells from the oceans of New Zealand, mother yeah. of pearl pens. Then I started making Swiss mechanical watch parts. Mm. Pens made from uh, Swiss watch parts on carbon fiber. Okay. And uh, finally, I made pens from, I made my my breathtaking pen, which mm. got the attention of entire social media uh, in 2018 last year with the release of my new luxury space pen. Okay. Whose, whose, uh, I used materials made from outer space in that pen. And the components were all dressed in solid 18 karat gold, dressed with uh, VSI diamonds on the side. Tell me, tell me more about this luxury pen because I read about it in the newspaper and a couple of magazines as well, but I want to hear it from you. Tell me more about this pen that you built. So I was always dreaming, uh, uh, you know, I sit with my coffee every morning for about 20 minutes to half an hour. Okay. And I keep that to myself. So I don't chat with any members of my family. Mm. I'm in my, I'm actually in space with my eyes closed. I listen to some soft music or look out the window okay. at the beautiful Okanagan Lake on a nice sunny day and that's what inspires me i just i just keep asking myself what else is possible in this world what can i do so for two years i've been dreaming to make this space pen okay. uh, eight to nine months took in designing it and about mm -hmm. four months took in the making process of the entire pen okay so i took fragments of a four billion year old gibbon meteorite from space brushed with some moon dust in it mm -hmm. and then i used a couple of olivine crystals that came out directly from a very rare meteorite called the Palisite meteorite. It's only about 50 of these that have mm. fallen, fallen down to Earth since uh, the universe was created about 4 billion years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I dressed my all the metal components with solid 18 karat gold mm. with VSI diamonds. Mm. And I made it look so unique as uh, the uh, magazine that got released out, uh, which is the iconic concierge high-end magazine in Vancouver. Okay. And it says there that the, the pen is not only one of the most expensive, but one of the rarest pens in the world. Mm -hmm. So I enticed the buyer by engraving unique one slash one at the bottom of the pen, okay. letting the buyer know that other than my masterpiece, there won't be any duplicate, mm. making it very unique and attractive. Mm. Then I embossed my uh, brand name, Mascranus, on the middle portion of the pen. Okay. And uh, with the help of a professor at college, which is Rishi, 
<laughs> he inspired me to engrave the words on the top, which is created on earth by mortals. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so yes. you say expensive. How much is this pen worth? This pen is uh, priced at $90,000. So to be precise, $89,900. Mm. $90,000. Wow. And it has been covered by some media as well. Absolutely. I was very blessed. Uh, I got published in about eight newspapers okay. uh, in three countries. Okay. And a high-end magazine. And most recently on television, um, I got interviewed by Global News on Channel 5. Mm-hmm. And uh, will be soon being interviewed on ZBM TV in Bermuda on their television as well. Okay. And all these pens are under the brand name? Mascarenas. Mascarenas. That's your last name. Okay. Absolutely. So what are you creating right now? What are you building right now? Do you have any work in progress? Yes, right now I'm building my next next masterpiece. So the next pen will be another masterpiece, which will be another surprise. And coming back to our story on Canada then, and do you see Canada as a potential for all these pens that you are trying to create and sell? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, this is a place where you create your own potential and, uh, you know, given the opportunity. Mm. So I went out to create my own niche market, okay. keeping keeping in mind the fact that not, not not just with my pens, anything that is so unique to someone, mm. uh, they, they go and decide to buy it, especially when they know that nobody else has that particular piece, okay. whether it's clothing or a pen or, or trouser or a pair of shoes, doesn't matter. Mm. So I created that niche market and I want to cater to that particular section of the luxury market, which okay. I which I specialize in. Hmm. So uh, early on during the talk, you mentioned Canada being the land of opportunities. Can you can you elaborate a little more for our listeners? Uh, lots of people have started businesses, startup companies, and whether it's electronics or whether it's clothing or hmm. there's shoes, and they have been very very successful. Okay. Uh, I, I believe the government does give you some incentives, mm-hmm. some help. You know, money-wise, and uh, other than that, I think you have to unleash your creativeness and let it out in the market. Mm. You can either open up a store or online business or online store, either way. And Canada gives you that opportunity because there's not too many. That they've got huge. I mean, the space in Canada is so huge. The mm. market is so huge, and everyone is looking for diversifying. The, you know, diversity in their choices. Okay. That's that's so, good, yeah. I think we got to unleash our God-gifted creativeness mm-hmm. and stay positive and focused. And I think success will be there. Absolutely. So then let's talk about the social life in Canada in general, because after those initial years of struggle, when a person is so much involved in creating opportunities or at least getting a go on with their life. So once you pass that phase, how is social life in Canada? Well, they call this the land of paradise. Uh, this is one of the best places in the world to live in once you've accomplished all of those. And I think once I achieve or anybody else has achieved uh, success, I think mm-hmm. then, then it's no more about being successful. I think then it's a way of giving back to the community. Okay. So we have got beautiful lakes here, the beautiful Okanagan Lake. Uh, our, um, Kelowna just got, uh, just got in the news as the number one region uh, of uh, vineyards. I mean, we have the best wine region in the world right here. Oh, I didn't catch that one. Maybe I missed that one. It was it was on in, in, in the Kelowna News, number okay. one wine region in the world. Okay. So we beat France and California. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. 
you got your first nations that you that live here I, i for example i've come across my own neighbors along the street that i live in i've met chinese i've met russians i've mm-hmm. met germans mm-hmm. i've met czech republic mm-hmm. people from ukraine and all sorts of diversity i mean people from all walks of life mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes it interesting getting to know all these people and you know interacting with them mm-hmm. and learning their way of life Mm. and that's what makes us so special living here i agree so coming to your uh, family now uh, how many people do you have in your family how many members do you have there uh just three of us my wife my our daughter and myself okay and and your wife does she work here as well absolutely she works for the bank bank of uh, cibc cibc in town and I know I can understand because I have a similar situation as well but for me the positive was uh, when I came here my daughter was too small too little she was just 2 years old so she couldn't understand uh, much now she is much more canadian than I am mm-hmm. how about your kid she came here like you mentioned like 8 years old was it easy for her to adapt to the culture and the and the norms here I it was I mean when she was 1 year old we took her to Bermuda right from India straight to Bermuda so she interacted with all the Bermudian kids okay uh, again there was a mixed diversification there mm. so interacting with them she grew up and Canada was uh, quite easy for her to adjust to okay so she she had a uh, in fact in Canada she had people from all all I mean from all walks of life again from different countries mm. that came here and immigrated here so that was a good interaction for her okay and where do you think we can as canadians as, as a country where do you think we lack or we can improve from an immigrant's perspective um the places where we can improve is i think more of giving back i think most of us tend to live in our own little bubble sometimes and okay. i'm being very very honest in saying that mm-hmm. it, it takes a while right but mm-hmm. until you open up yourself and learn to cherish what you have mm-hmm. and that, then you realize that this is great this is something uh, we come we usually try to compare ourselves with people who are better than us but i think we got to Uh, like my wife says you got to try and compare yourself to the less fortunate people who don't have the things that you have mm-hmm. and that's where you appreciate life more mm-hmm. so i think once you get involved we can give back more in communities either you know it could be serving food at a charity place or a bowl of soup or just donating something to to, to the less fortunate mm-hmm. uh, so doing these just simple simple things getting involved in your community some way or the other either in church or or at the temple anywhere Mm. this is a way we can give back and it, and and it makes a big statement mm. i i can correlate with that because uh, it's something which is a part of our canadian values is giving back and and serving the community 
And uh, we try to get involved in different capacities in whichever way we can. Like I was talking uh, the other day with one of my colleagues. I'm, I'm volunteering for a couple of uh, these social events and, and volunteer opportunities that come every now and then. How about you? Do you volunteer anywhere? Absolutely. In every country that I've been to, I have volunteered. In Bermuda, for example, I volunteered with the Her Majesty's uh, Reserve Police Force. Okay. And uh, when I came here, I volunteered a little with the RCMP. Mm. I volunteered as of until a year ago, I volunteered at the Kelowna General Hospital. Okay. And I also volunteered in church. I, I made some things out of wood and I donated it to the school funds for building the new schools and new churches. So mm. always do something or the other to help the community. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with that. So where is your daughter now? What is she doing? Uh, she's in Toronto now studying uh, personal finance in, okay. uh, uh, at, uh, she lives in, I mean, in, in sorry, she lives in Toronto. Mm. So she's trying to get her degree in personal finance and then perhaps if everything goes well, she'll persuade law. Okay, which university? She's doing it to George Brown at the moment. Okay, George Brown. So she works, she studies and works part-time as well. All right. Okay. Yeah. So... Do you have any suggestion or advice for future immigrants who are planning to come to Canada or see Canada as a land of opportunities to go and live some someday? Oh, well, from my personal experience, I would say uh, it is a big challenge. You know, back home when we grew up in, in, in wherever we came from, we had maids, we had servants or whatever the circumstances might have been. Mm-hmm. This is a land of opportunity. There's no maids or servants. You've got to do all the work yourself. Okay. Uh, there, it is quite a challenge. For example, in Canada, you I've never shoveled snow, snow in my life. When I okay. first came, it was a big challenge. Driving in snow is a big challenge itself. Yeah. So there are challenges. And if you are prepared to accept those challenges, uh, go through the hardships. Mm. I think blessings are there. You, you, just, you just need to be brave and, and tell yourself you're capable of uh, taking up all these challenges that come your way. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but at the same time, there are blessings that come from above and you go mm-hmm. through all these things. And where do you see the future for Mascarina Spence? I, I see it as a niche market and well, um, you know, if all goes well, uh, which, I, which, which I'm very, very positive about, I see them on the global map because I'm creating my own brand. Okay. And my, my main aim is to make the most beautiful pens in the world. So I'm not competing with anyone. Mm. The only person I compete is, is with myself. Okay. And that's my goal to sell, to sell pens all across the globe uh, mm. where they will be cherished. Some of them will be an affordable range and some will be unique okay. in the world with one of a kind. Mm. And I want to be known as uh, the person who works with uh, Mother Nature and brings those pens back to life using mm. Mother Nature's materials in them. All right. So I wish you all the very best, Arvin, for all the creations. I'm really excited, the kind of work that you do. And I look forward to seeing all those uh, exclusive, unique pens that you're going to create in future. And I wish you all the best in Canada or future, as well as with your company. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you, Rishi. Thank you so much for having me over. And, uh, We will be in touch. Cheers and God bless. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all for the episode today. I hope you enjoyed 
the interview with Marvin Mascarenas. Until our next episode, until our next interview, this is RB signing off Beaver Tales. See you next time. This is Beaver Tales, your weekly dose of successful Canadian immigrant stories. Beaver Tales, hosted by your very own RB.